also encourage you, please, this week, don't let Elder Riggin down. Hold him up in prayer. They are fighting. He's been sick, and uh, they are fighting spirits. Hell doesn't like what's happening in those places. And if I understand it right, the potential of, what is it, seven, 700? Guaranteed 500 preachers for tomorrow. Up to 700 Trinitarian preachers. Now, when we say pastors, it, they're not like in America where, for the most part, one man pastors a church, but they may pastor four, five, six, or, or more. So, you do the math. And that's the potential that this church has to see a revival break out this week in revelation of one God, baptism in Jesus' name, the infilling of the Holy Ghost, a holy separated life. You've got that potential. Praise God, praise God, praise God. All right, turn with me to Matthew chapter 17, verses 24 and 25. And when they were come to Capernaum, they that received tribute money came to Peter and said, Doth not your master pay tribute? He saith, Yes. And when he was coming to the house, Jesus prevented him, saying, What thinkest thou, Simon? Of whom do the kings of the earth take custom or tribute of their own children or of strangers? Let's pray. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for your word. God, the authority that's in your word. I humbly ask you, God, for grace tonight to be able to bring your word in a manner that it will affect lives. Touch our minds that we can hear, our hearts that we can receive, and then, God, our spirit that will accept and let it grow in our mind. We'll give you praise in Jesus' name. And everybody say amen. You can be seated. I want to talk to you tonight from a subject that might sound a little strange to start with, but I want to talk to you about what do you think? What do you think? The Lord's interested in what you think. He's also interested in how you think. What you think, how you think. You can come to church for the wrong reason. If your thinking is messed up, praise God. 
Jesus asked Peter, what do you think of this? Do you think that we should pay tribute or not? Now, when you when you're part of the world system, you're required to pay taxes. It's inevitable they're going to get it one way or the other. And in the spiritual realm, sin always demands that we pay a high tax for our actions and our lifestyle. Don't you think for one moment that you can play with God and get by? What you sow is going to come up in the harvest time. Praise God. In the moment of passion, I think I can get away with whatever. But when that seed comes up, it's not going to be a pretty picture. And that's why we have preaching. Preaching is not just to scream and yell. Preaching is to warn and to give you an avenue and a way out. Praise God. Now, what do you think? How you look at sin as an individual will determine to a large extent how you conduct your life, and how you live your life. The scripture says, they that love the Lord hate evil. There's a difference in just being uncomfortable around something and just hating something. There's a difference in just looking at it as a sin and this world today in our generation for the most part there is no sin because they've changed their attitude and they've changed their thinking that sin that used to be sin today is no longer sin. That's why we're living in the perversion in the world that we are. They do not look at themselves as sinners. In fact, there's a big part of them that tell you they are a Christian. But how you look at sin is how you're going to conduct yourself. When you're by yourself, as well as when you're with the crowd. You know, we can, we can live a double life if we're not careful. Around church, put on a good front. But uh, when you're out of church and away, a different life. 
I don't want to get distracted, but the shepherd brings the sheep into the fold to teach them his voice. And then he turns them out into the pasture or the world to see if they will obey his voice. Praise God. Matthew 16 and 13, when Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? What are they saying? Who do they think I am? Who are they saying that I am? What do men think of me? And who do they say I am? How do you really see me? Praise God. What do I mean to you? This is a personal experience. This is a personal relationship. Pastor can show you the way, but you're the one that has to obey and submit and say, I want that life. We can open these altars at the end of this service, and you can come and you can change your attitude about how you've been living and or think about the Lord. Praise God. I think if we could get people to realize that he's not just another man, he's God. Now, a few months back, I, I had an experience. They treated me for asthma since the 70s. And when you can't breathe, they automatically say you have asthma. the symptoms and I had struggled for several nights well actually day and night but it gets worse at night and one morning about six o'clock now I've, I've been struggling with this since like I say the 70s I know what the symptoms are I know what I need to do to get through and get back on normal. I thought I had it in control, but somewhere around 6 o'clock, it was like somebody dropped a noose around my neck and jerked it up, and my air was cut off. I had all plans. We had plans made. We had trips planned. And in that second, all of that was canceled. I struggled in the bedroom and told my wife, you better start praying. And, of course, they called 911. And when uh, they, they got me to the hospital, 
I don't remember them putting me in the ambulance. I don't remember getting to the hospital. I don't remember going through ER. The next thing I remembered is they was transferring me from the gurney to a bed in intensive care. Now, I said that to say this. You think you've got good health. You think everything is going right and you've got plans for retirement. But all of that can stop in one breath. I say you're one heartbeat away from the mortuary. And if people understood that and realized that, they would not play the games with God that some do. The reason that I do, Lord, the reason that I'm struggling is because of. No, the reason that a person struggles is because they don't see God as he really is. He's no bigger to you than you see or think of him. I'm trying to help somebody tonight. Is he just another man? Or is he the great God, the creator of heaven and earth? Can he do anything? Or can he just do some things? You know, they say, if it's you, it's minor surgery. If it's me, it's major surgery. The same hangnail. Do I see God as a deliverer or do I see God? I've lived a life uh, of just hanging on for so long that I just get used to it. That's the way it's supposed to be. No, no, no. He's coming back after a holy people. He's coming back after a church that has made themselves ready. Can he heal any disease? Or can he just heal some sicknesses? Is he just a God of healing a headache? Or is he the same God that can heal cancer? Oh, praise the Lord. We have had several miracles in the last few weeks in our church. We, we've had young men that had diseases. The doctor said, you'll never survive. And he went back just recently, and the doctor said, all of that's in remission. Is he that big in your life, or is he just big enough to heal a headache? Well, I feel something right now. How big is he to you? What do you think? Can he forgive you of your sins and put you back on the right road, or is it just no use?
I watch some people that are chronic seekers in that they will come to the altar willingly and quickly when the altar is open. And they cry and they shed tears. And it looks like they got their breakthrough. But the next service, they're right back at the same uh, the same habit, the same altar. That's because they just see a God that will appease and will help their feelings instead of a God that will deliver them. I'm here to tell you that God's big enough to wipe the slate clean in anybody's life. I'm here to tell you that God's big enough to take your broken family or your broken life, to take a young person out of a broken home where it looks like there's no hope, fill them with the Holy Ghost, put something in them that causes them to say, Mom, Dad, I love you, but I'm going to live for God. Oh, Hallelujah. I'm talking about a God that's big enough to turn things around and change the way that we look at him. I pray before I'm through tonight that somebody gets a revelation of who he really is. Hallelujah. Proverbs 23 and 7 says, For as he thinketh, not think, but E-T-H, a continuation thereof. As he thinketh, so is he. How you think about God in church and out of church is how he really is. Oh, praise God. How you see him determines what he becomes to you. He's big enough to fill all of your needs if you see him that way. But the spiritual hypochondriac says, don't get too close to me. Because I won't have nothing to complain about. Oh, praise God. But in the same service, somebody says, God, and I'm praying tonight that somebody grabs a hold of what I'm talking about and said, Lord, I'm going to put you first in my life as of tonight, and you're going to be big in my eyes. I'm going to see you as my deliverer. I'm going to see you as working through my problems. You know, we've all got problems. Everyone in this building struggles with something. People look at you and you put that smile on your face and it looks like everything's all right. But oh, when you get by yourself, that old... Spirit sticks its head up again. 
I, I don't remember, but I think I told you of the, uh, the text message that I sent the other night to a friend of mine. I, 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 don't, I don't do that very often. Very seldom to do what I did. But this preacher friend of mine, his, his name just popped up in my head. And before I realized it, I had my phone, and I was texting him. And I said, I prayed for you this morning. I hope everything is going well. I didn't know that there was anything wrong. He's a preacher. And brother, I'm telling you, he is, he's one of my favorites. He is a powerful preacher. But I wasn't ready for the answer he sent me. Thank you for praying. I'm going through a battle and a struggle for my very life in my very existence. I don't know if I'll survive this one or not. I'm telling you, everybody's got problems. Everybody struggles. Everybody fights battles. But I'm talking and bringing to you tonight a God that's big enough regardless of your problem, regardless of your situation. Oh, hallelujah. I wouldn't be surprised if somebody don't jump to their feet in a few minutes and throw their hands in the air and start rejoicing to the top of their voice because I see God as a God big enough, as a God powerful enough. He spoke this world into existence and surely he can take care of my problems. Hallelujah. But how you see him determines what he becomes to you. Is he a deliverer to you or is he a captain? Can he really set you free or are his words and promises only idle words? What do you think? How do you look at it? Is Jesus a heavy taskmaster? or one that really can set you free. What I'm struggling with, you're going to struggle with problems. That's just life. Now, when you're struggling, the enemy's going to jump on your shoulder and say, if you really was living for God and you really were where you needed to be, you wouldn't be struggling with that. But you know how to tell when the devil is lying? When you see his mouth move. He can't tell the truth. And when he comes to you the next time, and starts trying to pull you down, it ought to give you that much more faith 
that I know I'm on the right road. And God, I'm going to give you praise right now. Oh, hallelujah. Whether it be in the mall or whether it be in church, God, you just opened my eyes and my understanding to show me that you're big enough to carry my load. Oh, praise God. Does he require too much of his followers? Or is he a joy to serve? Do you just come to church because you have to? Or do you come to church because you get to? Oh, praise God. Is it a joy to come to the house of the Lord? Or do I have to struggle and work through excuses every service night I'm trying to come up with one that I won't have to go. Oh, but what would happen in God's church if God's people about 3 o'clock in the afternoon I realized tonight's church and start getting excited, start setting things aside, the dinner may have to wait till after church, but we're going to the house of God. I'm not even going to think secondly about missing church. And by the time you get here, how you understand that God has already done so much for you today till you're dancing in the door, dancing down the aisle. Prayer meetings will be different. Your worship service will be different when you see him as a God that will give you joy to serve him. Oh, praise the Lord. John chapter 8 and verse 36. If the Son, therefore, shall make you free, if he'll make you free, Ye shall, everybody say shall. That maybe, that possibly, you need to get it out of your vocabulary. Now when I make a promise, I may not be able to keep it. You, you folks are probably so spiritual to when you make one, you can just go to bank with it. But there's so many circumstances that sometimes prevent you from keeping a promise. But I'm talking to you tonight about a God that when he makes a promise, you can go to the bank with it. I said you can go to the bank with it. Now, just because he doesn't fulfill it in my time frame don't mean that God's not going to fulfill it. I may even be so long till I forgot about the promise and just wiped it out and said it's not going to happen. But if God makes it, he's going to keep it. 
And if he sets you free at an altar of repentance, he can keep you free. If you'll just keep standing around the altar. Ah, but when your enemy, Satan, makes you a promise, you can rest assured it will with time and in the long run bring only grief and misery. Oh, praise the Lord. I've seen families break up. Husbands leave wives and wives leave husbands and the companion would say, I'm afraid if I don't go with them, I'll lose them. Can I tell you a little secret? You put them between you and God. He's a jealous God, and he won't deal lightly with somebody that's stepping in on him. Almost every case that I can recall that couples chose to follow the other one wound up separated and a nasty uh, divorce and kids lost. And uh, when kids get lost today in the world, you can just mark it down. You've got better than a 90% chance they're going to get hooked on drugs because somebody's going to make sure that they get a free sample. Hey, try this and try this and try this. We had a young man in Carlsbad that was so naive and so simple-minded. His buddies took him out one night, and they had a party. They run out of drugs, the normal drugs, and they had three or four substances here that they didn't have any idea what it would do if they mixed them together. But they mixed them together and gave this young man a free fix. It literally fried his brain. And at, I don't remember, 16, 17, 18 years old, he was on disability, total disability. He could not think clear. He could not act. He could not hold a job down. The devil has a trap set for each one of us. And he's going to make it convenient for you to step in that trap. Oh, but I'm telling you, there's a God tonight that regardless of your situation, he can make you happy again. Oh, hallelujah. But when Jesus makes you a promise, when he sets you free, he's got enough power to keep you free. Ye shall receive power. When? After. Not before. After. You have no promise of being an overcomer 
until after he charges you by filling you with the Holy Ghost. Ye shall receive power. That's the word that we get our word. It's a dynamos which we get our word dynamite from. You don't play with dynamite unless you're crazy. You just don't play with it. It's too unstable. But oh, when he fills you with the Holy Ghost, he puts an explosive power resident in your heart that you take with you on the job, that you take with you on vacation, that you take with you wherever you go, that when you need it, all you've got to do is call on that name. I'm telling you, God's big enough to set us free. No more bondage, but free. Free to be happy. Well, praise the Lord. Are you happy, sis? Tell your face. Wow. Are you happy? Tell your face. I've never seen anybody that didn't break out in a broad smile when you just tell your face. I'm talking about joy. I don't have to do this. I get to do this. I don't have to worship God. I get to worship God. I don't have to serve God. I get to serve God. And that's the joy of my life. That's the joy of my life. Oh, hallelujah. Free to rejoice. Free to rejoice. I'm not putting nobody down. I'm just trying to make a point. How long has it been when we were kids? Let me back up. I was real backward because of situations in my life, the way I was raised. and I wasn't a mixer. I didn't get involved with the group. And church would start, and I don't know how many times I'd done it. Every fiber in my body wanted to run. And I'd say, Lord, let them sing that course just one more time, and I'll run. Lord, let them sing that course just one more time. I was struggling with too many weights on me to realize whether they sing in a course or whether not. When I feel the presence of the Lord, it ought to be so special. Oh, praise God. If they're singing Amazing Grace, or if they're singing one of those fast songs off the mountaintop, 
I'm going to respond somehow or another by saying thank you, Jesus. I'm going to get out in the aisle and leap or I'm going to run or I'm going to clap my hands or I'm going to raise my voice. Thank you, Lord. Excited that I'm no longer under the shackles of sin, but I'm free. I don't have those chains around my neck anymore. What is that song we sing? About chains, tearing them down, taking them off, breaking them. Oh, I come with a load of chains. I come with a load of feelings, inferiorities. I came with a load of a nobody and a nothing. As a 14-year-old boy, I didn't deserve it. I didn't know a thing about it. But one night in an altar, I didn't realize what was happening, but all of a sudden, the change was gone. Oh, hallelujah. to God's children when you don't take God for granted but you see him as a God that has set you free. No questions, no arguments. Devil, for the first time in my life, do you remember that night? Do you remember the night that the chains fell off. When you got up, you was free. One little boy in the home church years ago come in and didn't know a thing about church. And he come to the altar and he shed those tears and he felt the presence of the Lord and Brother Davis, when he got up, he said, how you feel, Sonny? He said, I feel like I've been vacuumed out. All that stuff's gone. I'm not going to take it home with me tonight. Oh, hallelujah. Why would I want to drag chains around when I can throw them off and leap in joy? Oh, hallelujah. Why would I want to let the devil lie to me and pull me down when I can serve a God that will put me on top of the mountain every day? And when those chains fall, I now can worship the holiness of my God. I don't have to dress like this. I don't have to act like this. I get this. Oh, praise the Lord. When I see him as God, 
And I understand that he's a holy God. Well, I know we, we sometimes harp at the ladies because they're more, well, it just shows more with the ladies than it does with the men that whether they're living godly or not. Just the way it is, your dress and appearance. But when I understand how God feels about his kids being an ambassador for him, There's a lot of things that we teach as standards that when we get to heaven, Jesus might say, you wouldn't have had to done that to get here. Praise the Lord. Pastor Riggins is like anybody else. He has standards. That he can't quote you a chapter in verse 4. But he's fighting a spirit and or a trend. And if you don't go by it, then you become rebellious and rebellion as a sin of witchcraft. Okay? But when I know that God loves me to be an ambassador for him, I'm going to go to the far right. I'm going to do more because I don't want nobody to ever say, you call yourself Christian and you act like that or you talk like that or you dress like that. Oh, praise God. God's holiness is beautiful. Let's stand to our feet and worship the Lord. Tonight would be a good night when I've asked you the question, what do you think? To let revelation come and say, I am going to see him tonight before I leave this building as the God that can deliver me out of any situation. Oh, praise the Lord. How about it? How about it? Are you ready? Are you ready? He's big enough, and this altar will expose that revelation, and you'll see it for the first time, or you'll see it afresh and anew. God, you're my friend. Come on, church, let's pray for a few minutes. Oh, thank you, Jesus. I don't feel I missed tonight what the Lord gave me. I don't think I missed it. But I've done all that I can to show you and encourage you that God's a deliverer. I don't care how long you had the Holy Ghost. Every once in a while, you need to break and come back around the altar.
and say, God, once again, let's break it open. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. How about we all find a place to pray this evening?